Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. Apparently, we have interviews, roundtable discussions like this one, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by the Dudley Boys and Gents, we are gathered here today to discuss who should win the Royal Rumble. It's just over a week away, Hamlet. How are you feeling about it all? Pretty excited. Yeah. More than I thought I would be. Um, the Royal Rumble is WWE's annual free hit. They have engineered a gimmick that is impervious to terrible booking, to financial and creative slumps, slumps with an S because there has been plenty over the last three decades worth of matches. But a combination of nostalgia, the genuine element of surprise that they like fortuitously cook up most years, and then very occasionally the road to WrestleMania actually having a bit of spice about it, tends to be that this can't fail. The cursed rumble era of the mid-2010s is over. So genuinely, I'm back to feeling as good as you could possibly feel about this match. There is little else in WWE at this point that you can feel with such little worry optimistic about. I'm uncharacteristically positive about the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And WWE in general, as this calendar turns, because I'm bang up for uh, Bobby Lashley versus Mm. Brock Lesnar. I can't wait for that. If they mess that up, I've, I've ruined it now. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but like, it's, and it's gone. I mean, they'll probably mess up the finish. You might get some some kind of like shenanigans or something anticlimactic. But the body of the match should be an incredible spectacle. This isn't a good reason to be up for the actual Royal Rumble match itself. The men's, the women's seems nailed on with Bianca Belair. Spoiler alert. I've not got a single clue who's winning that Royal Rumble. This is a bad thing. Usually there's a guy you want to win mm-hmm. because you've been conditioned to want him to win because he's been booked favorably ahead of the show. They can't book. They can't book baby faces. I've got no idea who's winning the Royal Rumble match. So from an intrigue perspective, it's not really predictable. So I think it's good on that level. But at the same time, 
probably should have booked one person who's a runaway leader. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the pay-per-view, sorry, premium live event itself looks absolutely sensational. Like you said, we've got uh, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. You've got Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Um, you know, you've got the, the two Royal Rumble matches. Uh, Becky Lynch uh, is against, against Dewdrop. That's just an interesting, sorry, that's an interesting, you know, combination of, of people. I, I'm really excited for the whole thing. Hmm. Um, let's let's tackle that though, Hamflirt, with what um, Sidge mentioned there, with with Brock and Roman both being involved in in title matches. Is there any chance that they could be involved in the Royal Rumble match potentially later on in the evening, perhaps due to shenanigans? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's something that WWE used to announce when it felt more planned, but in part due to Sidgwick's point about there being very few wrestlers that feel ready. The fact that there's these two title matches and the opportunity to put them on before the Rumble, of course, allows for a Roman or a Brock to go in and immediately inject it, not just with star power, but a believable winner. And indeed, the WrestleMania main event we've all assumed, which is going to be Brock versus Roman. If both of them somehow emerge from the Royal Rumble pay-per-view with their titles, there's going to have to be another way to arrive at the match. So the Royal Rumble, assuming one of them loses, feels like the most logical, quickest way to get there. If I had to pick between the two of them right now, I would say Brock Lesnar loses to Bobby Lashley. Yep. Um, it puts Bobby Lashley over hugely. It gives him the best possible start to his second run as a champion on Raw. And because of the potential of Brock going at the Rumble, it leaves that pairing alone for a while. So there'll be a rematch, but it doesn't have to be at the next premium live event. It doesn't have to be something that they recycle immediately in Saudi Arabia or something like that. They've got it and they can go back to it. If Especially if it bangs at the Raw Rumble, you've got it to go back to. Roman Reigns losing the title at this point feels like if it's going to be anytime soon, it has to be WrestleMania. Um, we've talked at length about their increasing inability to come up with WrestleMania feeling matches, but Roman losing the title is a WrestleMania feeling moment. So if you're having Brock on the chase at WrestleMania, I think that creates good tension around that. And in terms of these two stars specifically, both Roman and sorry Brock as champion in 2020. And Roman as a guy that had lost on the undercard on the night and then came back in in 2017 as number 30, mm -hmm. I believe, to a chorus of boos. Um, because people thought it was either Joe or Bala, that's yeah, why. Both have experienced that sort of, oh, we didn't think they'd be in the Rumble, and they're going to go in, and now there's a good chance they're going to win. It creates all the right tension, especially if they're not going to win, especially if you get down to a Final Four and one of them's in there and WWE have actually got somebody else in mind. That gets the winner over too, because the winner's got to get past, objectively, the two only big stars in that men's division. It's just so odd. Like, I expect them to keep the uh, Universal title on Roman Reigns until WrestleMania at the very, very earliest. Mm -hmm. So I can't see him getting the title taken off him by Seth Rollins cleanly, nor even Brock Lesnar interfering. If something like that's going to happen, leading to one of the um, guys going into the Royal Rumble match itself, I expect Roman to screw Brock. Um... This kind of has to happen. Who's winning this Rumble if not Brock or Roman? Well, Who are, like, the respective champions? Like, this, honestly, the roster is a total dead issue at this point. One person I, I would like to put forward is, is someone who's already been suggested by our very own Simon Miller. He's done his very own Why video all about it, in fact. And it's someone who, had he not won the world title already, would arguably be one of the favourites anyway to win the Royal Rumble. I'm talking, of course, of Big E. I mean, this is why Simon Miller's Simon Miller and I'm Michael Sidgwick. Because, yeah. like, Big E just lost clean to Seth Rollins on Raw in a TV match that was impromptu. You do not do that to someone that you've got um, a big grand plan for, for, like, a redemptive storyline arc. 
he lost. I'm going to say these things in a list once more. He lost to Seth Rollins cleanly to the heel as a babyface in an impromptu match they didn't think to advertise on Raw. I just think he cannot win the Royal Rumble on that basis. Everything I know about WWE, and I obviously come at it with a very weary, negative disposition, informed by years of history, <laughs> is that they have certain rules to which they abide. They have standards to this day, one of which is the main event or one of the main events, the feature attractions of WrestleMania, cannot feature someone you've just booked to be a complete loser on telly in January. But I will say this, um, and we saw I mean, Daniel this. Bryan was losing to Cesaro in four minutes, so maybe yeah. the rules are all completely out the window. <laughs> this is what I was going to say. It, it is sort of a great reset, isn't it, with the Royal Rumble? It, you know, I think back to... I didn't go on to win the title, but I think back to Nakamura and the way they faffed about with him and he lost at SummerSlam to Jinder Mahal and everyone just thought, well, that sort of ship has sailed. And then all of a sudden, that January, he wins the Royal Rumble and at least in WWE's eyes, everything's fixed again. That could apply here to E. And for the night, it felt like it was. It was a 2018 was an impeccably booked rumble oh. in that regard um, because they positioned Nakamura and Finn Balor, it was, against John Cena and Roman Reigns. So they were even mindful of the fan split, you know, the divide that had, was so, like, it was miles wide at this point. It was killing pushes. It was killing careers. So they had to acknowledge that. They're not in that kind of situation this year. And unfortunately, they're especially not in it with a character like Big E. To add to Sidgwick's list, that clean loss, that clean, unadvertised Monday Night Raw loss to the now number one contender, Seth Rollins, followed a clean loss where he lost his belt to Brock Lesnar, which followed a clean loss to Roman Reigns. One of the only clean losses, like one of the only yeah. clean wins Roman achieved as this, you know, heel tribal chief character. Um, the one thing going for Big E, I think, is, well, two actually. One is that Roman Reigns had COVID. So everything that happened at day one happened a bit on the fly. And some of this booking has worked out really quite well. Oh, yeah. You know, there's like the Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar thing is an indirect result of Roman missing that show, we assume. So it's not that they haven't made good from that situation. But um, Big E was going to lose to Seth Rollins, we were led to believe. I was going to lose that Seth Rollins was going to win the belt in unfavorable circumstances. Then you could imagine Big E maybe having not been pinned and entering the Rumble to get back on the chase and get his title. Well, that feels clearer. This might not have been the grand plan, but perhaps it's an apology booking. Like, we know that, like, you had to lose at day one, and it wasn't in circumstances that were going to get you back in the chase. It was to get pinned off Brock Lesnar. Like, thank you very much for that. Here's this, and we'll get you back on track. Like, the one thing that WWE always has going for it is that we try and analyze it as a week-to-week -week product. They've forgotten stuff that happened seven days ago. Well, so by the Royal Rumble... Three weeks ago, losing to Seth Rollins might as well be a million years ago to Vince McMahon. This is what I was going to say. How, uh, Sid always says on the on the Raw reviews and stuff that Vince will just turn around and say, ah, they won't remember that in a few weeks. Yeah. And, and that's arguably the the beauty of it. I don't know if that's the quite, quite right the term, but anyway. Oh, no, it's, it's hideous, mostly. You, just, you get a little benefits like that every now and then, but it's, you know, systemic disaster. Let's talk a little bit about the women's uh, Royal Rumble. We'll talk a little bit about Bianca Belair in due course, but we've also got a champion uh, well, several champions, I suppose, technically going into this uh, Royal Rumble match, uh, Mickey James. But I'm talking specifically about Charlotte Flair, uh, who's going in and saying that she's going to go in, SmackDown Women's Champion, win the whole thing, and then pick her opponent at WrestleMania. Could she do the impossible? No, but it's... Thank goodness. But it's theoretically, <laughs> it's theoretically great. Um, we've got the um, 
model, I guess, in form in terms of the Brock Lesnar one. It's slightly different because he entered from number one and believed he could clear the field. Charlotte could well draw number thirty and have the you know the best chance to win it. But she's the best character to be holding the belt and going in with this level of confidence. That queen gimmick at this point feels nothing like a gimmick. Like the women's division has been cleared out by releases, WWE's terrible booking, injuries to some of its top stars, and Charlotte has inadvertently been part of decimating that field. It's somebody that they trust. So she's won several of these big matches and put a lot of these opponents, just like relegated them ultimately to that awful, it's not even a mid-card grind, it's an undercard grind on WWE's main roster. So she's well-suited to this spot and the arrogance of believing that she can call a WrestleMania shot. She's not going to do it, but hopefully this has been theoretically done to find her opponent or find her big rival this is on what, the road to WrestleMania. This is what we were saying when we had Lesnar in there. Yeah. You had this, uh, sort of, there's two things, and you can argue the same thing here. You could got the Royal Rumble win, which frees you up to challenge for any title, but also Lesnar, I mean, it happened to be the same person who drew McIntyre back then, but it's like, well, whoever eliminates the champion in there has got a route straight to WrestleMania as well. She's an awesome Final Four or Final Two person to have in there because there's added, whoever she's in there with, um, they're going to get, like, a, a unique sort of rope. It's the Royal Rumble. It's, you know, you're throwing somebody over the top rope, but it's still a rope eliminating the champion that believes she was confident enough to go and just, you know, win it herself. Uh, and the drama should be ramped up because she'll be the de facto, she's a heel anyway, but she'll be the de facto heel with whoever's in there because it's not really something you want to see achieved. Is it? You know, the Royal mm. Rumble is there for somebody to, like, get the brass ring, if, if we could still believe in that as a concept. But, you know, the person you want pointing at the sign is not somebody that has done all that so many times before. Charlotte Flair won the Royal Rumble in 2020. Um, that's, that's right, isn't it? Because she challenged Rhea Ripley mm -hmm. for the NXT title. and That went well. <laughs> yeah. And it felt played as it was happening. There was a certain sense of gloom around Charlotte Flair winning. She was neither heel nor babyface, particularly, as is tradition with Charlotte Flair. Well, she was a heel. But, but there was in our just... Hearts. There was just a bit of gloom hanging over it because it was like, oh, like, well, if she hadn't won this Rumble, she could probably just gone on Raw and asked for the match. <laughs> but instead, she's won the Battle Royal instead. So I think there's like this great drama with her, especially with the belt being in that final two or final four. It's something that on paper is good booking. I hope they don't drop the ball with it. It's the strangest thing because on several occasions at the Royal Rumble in recent years, WWE almost positions itself as the heel. Mm. And we've seen examples of this when they've very sort of cynically slotted Roman Reigns in like the final two to like drive a sort of before everyone started to love him like hypocrites. I liked him better as a face. And I was always <laughs> on the Roman goddamn train. Um, so they situate themselves at the heel. And what I mean by that is they'll put someone like Roman Reigns in there or Brock Lesnar in 2020 as to like drive a thread of anxiety of, oh God, I really don't want them to win. Mm. And WWE will be like, oh, well, we'll push them all year long as the stars, but we kind of know you hate them. So we'll put them in there to make you think they're going to win. And then, oh, we'll give you a little baby face shred of hope before, you know, it gets uh, punched in the balls or something like that. <laughs> um, so I think Charlotte Flair in this role, like really being absolutely unbearable. She can even do like the CM Punk, Brock Lesnar thing where she's in the ring by herself. She eliminates everyone who comes in for a while and she's just unbearable in her body language. They want to drive the point home that you hate Charlotte Flair. We think she's the biggest star in the world, but for one night, you are meant to hate Charlotte Flair more than you ever thought possible. And then, de facto, the person who eliminates her really, really gets over. So they could go that route with it, I feel. The Charlotte Flair empty ring, waiting for the next opponent, and Mickey James coming out. 
So you've got champion versus champion. Yeah. That's a great spot for a Mickey James to come in just to have that moment, isn't it? They've both yeah. got the belts or something like that, you know? So it's like nice, nice, nice use of it. Nice ni- 90 seconds, two minutes of work as yeah. well. Mm. And we've got uh, more to discuss regarding the Forbidden Door in due course. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Before we go any further though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. But to pick your 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 person you think is going to win the whole thing in the Women's Royal Rumble. You're going for a Bianca Belair back-to-back, Sige? Yeah, absolutely. It's a story that's been telegraphed, so much so that everything else surrounding the Royal Women's Division is really quite bereft of drama at this point. But it's one of those, like, when the moment happens, it'll feel a little bit earned. Like, Bianca Belair's great. She's got a great crowd following. They, She's one of those few talents that they seek to protect almost at all times. So, like by process of elimination almost, you're allowed to get behind her. And it's good because I want to get behind her. I really like uh, Bianca Belair. Um, It's been a slog to get there in truth to arrive at this story beat. I can't lie and say that I'm thrilled about the prospect of Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch because I feel like if they were going in this direction towards WrestleMania the whole time, they shouldn't have done so many Raw matches and they shouldn't have um, just done so many matches involving uh, both these women. But, you know, I think Becky Lynch has got to work and boots on more than ever on the main roster yeah. in this heel run, yeah. which is quite strange. And I think the match will be great on the night. Um, but I can't see myself getting too hyped for it. But it's the obvious result, and it's one that should make everyone happy. And you've mentioned before about the the legacy of back-to-back Rumble wins. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. There aren't too many big deals in WWE, unfortunately, anymore. Too many prizes that still hold a certain prestige or elevate you to a, a certain stage above your contemporaries. But we're in the company of Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, and Steve Austin. You know, like they, they give that to major stars. A lot of wrestlers don't even win two. I think Edge has got two, and I'm, I'm probably forgetting somebody. But the back-to-back thing, it shows a sustained... Orton's had five you've forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Orton has had two, actually. I had forgotten about him. Um, it shows a sustained 
um, interest in the wrestler. It shows, especially in the WrestleMania main event era, a belief that that person can go the whole way and carry the load. You've got two nights now, so they might trust Becky and Bianca to headline one of the nights. Um, it was the stadium match that we didn't get at SummerSlam. So in WWE's mind, they'll be thinking this. They'll frame it as they did with Daniel Bryan in 2014. You should have just waited to let it play out. We had this in mind all along when we crushed her and all of your spirits in 25 <laughs> seconds in the autumn. They didn't. Like, but here we are now. Um, yeah, Bianca Belair is a beloved figure, and people would... I'm with Sidgwick. I'm not that excited now, but I think everybody would collectively go with it. And maybe, just maybe, they might get with it. Also, And as well, just aside from Bianca Belair, and we're probably going to touch on this, I've got some people I think might win this Rumble but it is an indictment on the booking of the entirety of this division that the only full-timer I could see winning is Bianca Belair. Well, this was actually going to allow me, yeah, to segue nicely into some surprise returns. Because like you say, I mean, I was looking at the odds before we came in here. Uh, Bianca Belair, far and away the favourite everywhere you look in terms of the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, The other sort of, like you say, regular name to be linked with it is Alexa Bliss. And I just just don't see it. I know that she got some sort of lily history with... Charlotte Flair, but I, I, maybe that's the title match, but I don't see that being the title match that's given the, the rub of the Royal Rumble. And like you say, I think one of the WrestleMania nights, without question, is going to be Roman versus Brock for, I assume, the Universal title. You've got the other one. And if it's not Bianca Bella, if she doesn't go back-to-back, like you say, I think it has to be a surprise return because the other names I'm looking at here... Liv Morgan, so my pick a few months back, Rhea Ripley, who's just really sort of fallen off it all. Mate, give up. Yeah, I don't see that <laughs> happening anymore. I, th- I think this, this is the point I'm arriving talking at. talking about Shayna Baszler next. I was, I was already dreading it in the room from it. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. Um, but let's talk about surprise returns. Um, I'll save one name for, for in a few minutes. But first, as it's you, let's talk about Bailey. The fact that... Bailey herself, as well as all the reporters, are remaining quiet on her injury status is what makes all of this so exciting. Because it's, of course, it's absolutely fine if Bailey is not yet good to go. I have a good feeling that if she's um, fit and ready before WrestleMania, she's going to get something big. It's a great time of year to come back. She was done. And look at what they did with her last year. She was done <laughs> horrifically dirty last year, and she got injured two shows before crowds came back. The one person that like steadied the ship when there was nobody there has yet to have the benefit of all the people coming back. I have a good feeling about Bailey's WrestleMania. I'd have an even better one if she won the Royal Rumble. Like, I think it'd be an awesome return. She's, um, it's one of the few things that, as a horsewoman, she's not done yet. And understandably so, they're keen to, like, give as many of these big WWE achievements to the four horsewomen because, well, they need their legacies protected. It doesn't look particularly like too many people fill in the spots that, you know, that they still occupy. I know there are occasionally complaints, well, when are you going to give it to so-and-so? People get the goals and they're just not as good as those four. You know, to Triple H was pretty great at developing women for a really brief period, and WWE hasn't been that good since. Um, Bailey, it's WWE, so the word deserve always feels toxic, but Bailey deserves this. So whenever she does come back, like she deserves a world of flowers, as people say, the Royal Rumble would absolutely be that. On a similar note, if not Bailey, ask her. Pretty much just apply the same thing another general of the pandemic era, somebody that has been um, has benefited from being off television, if we're honest. She was somebody that deserved and kind of needed a bit of a break, the character needed a break, but would come back and would be believable as a winner. She's done it before. She knows how to win it. She can batter virtually everybody in the match. 
And again, only because today, in fact, she posted a little waving emoji on her Twitter. She has said to Renee Paquette on a podcast that she's feeling better. The conversations are going to start around Paige again. I don't think that's as wild a shout as it might have been two or three years ago. We have seen so many people recover from theoretical retirement. I don't know how much Paige can or will want to do physically, but she was a draw once upon a time, like star power. Films made about a huge nostalgia towards her because it always felt like her run was cut off when it was only really just getting started. Um, So those three for me. And again, I want to say that with genuine enthusiasm and excitement for possible names, but... What have they done to that roster that those feel like more that those feel more likely to win and they're not even announced or possibly even eligible to wrestle that they feel like more realistic shouts than Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler yeah. like that you've gone so so wrong if that's the case the absolute best means of getting over in WWE is by not being on television yeah yeah it and, is astonishing and Bailey and Bailey and Asker in particular there would work with with either dynamic with either uh, Charlotte Flair or uh, yeah. Yeah, so you've got that option available as well. I want to pitch someone I would love to be in the Women's Royal Rumble and to win it, and again, could fight either one of the women's champions, um, and that's Ronda Rousey, Sige. Again, it's a bit like the the Bailey situation. I don't really know what's going on with her, but from for a while now, she's been someone I've thought, if they need to do something big and they need a, a WrestleMania main event, whether it's... Um, yeah, the the history of uh, you know the 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 Charlotte the Charlotte Ronda match that they always wanted, or the Becky Ronda match with the sort of roles reversed with you know obviously Becky winning that infamous WrestleMania thirty five main event pinning Ronda Rousey. I mean, I don't know whether I would you have to sort of book Ronda to come back as a babyface. I would hope that she'd get that sort of reception. Although she's had an interesting relationship with WWE fans. What do you reckon? I reckon that Ronda Rousey's run is one of the most underrated in all of pro wrestling history. I thought her work was great. I think that it just looks so legitimate, so dramatic, so believable, so convincing. Just She obviously was very, very, very good at emulating fights. I thought Ronda Rousey was incredible. I think she's been sorely missed. I, I tend not to go in the direction of, no, it is the fans who are wrong. Because when we talk about dead crowds and all the rest of it, every crowd was dead. It's like, no, no, the booking's rubbish. And they're making the crowd dead. Like, don't let companies get away with bad TV shows or whatever. I think the fans were such dicks to Ronda Rousey. Like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Such complete dicks to Ronda Rousey. Um, she might not be the nicest person in the world. But at the same time, like, it cheer for the Undertaker. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what your problem is, to be perfectly honest. Um... Yeah, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. Their match at Survivor Series 2018. Yeah. Incredible. Four days notice, man. Unvarnished <laughs> scrap. The, the animosity in it, the struggle in it, the sheer violence of it, I thought it was one of the best women's matches they've ever presented. I'd be absolutely bang up for a sequel to that. Just on Bailey very quickly, I would love to see her return as a face. And then I got petrified of what I would say the, the two weeks version of me. The two weeks ago version, of yeah. Even thinking that because they cannot book baby faces. Like the more earnest and likable you are, the more they mess you up. So it feels like monkey's poor stuff petitioning for a Bailey's baby face old, return. Old WWE would bring her back, looking like she did when she left, but as a baby face, she would target heels, and gradually she would morph back into the, the, more of the old Bailey to the point where the whole point is you get to WrestleMania and the, the Bailey buddies are back, like the wacky way, like she sort of reconciled them, having axed them. She'll be 
killed by March. Like in this one, they'll have, they'll have ruined it. They'll have done some wretched SmackDown segment and all of a sudden all your sympathy and joy to have her back, you'll be bored of it again and you'll be like, God, I'm glad she's won the belt and they turn a heel. It's, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd love to see it play out like that, but I do. I have significant concerns of how long they can keep her baby fit. And you can't talk about surprise returns. I mean, I don't think it's happening this year, but I'm just going to put it out there just to get it battered back by you two. You can't miss out The Rock, obviously, when it comes to surprise returns. That That's not happening this year, do you think? Wilborn, what were you doing on the night of Survivor Series? You were watching WWE do a tribute show. Well, the, the grand <laughs> return of someone who didn't even turn up. It's not doing it. Is there more chance of the egg winning the Royal Rumble? Absolutely. Three, two, one. Egg. <laughs> just can't make, it makes an entrance in Vince's hand. He just walks it to the ring and rolls it in there. <laughs> Well, let's bull someone over. <laughs> let's conclude by talking about the forbidden door. A lot has been made of this. Um, I'm not anticipating CM Punk, Brian Daniels, <laughs> or John Moxley being in this rumble. Um, but who is coming through for the forbidden door alongside Mickey James, of course? I was going to answer with Mickey James and nobody else. I just don't really feel it, to be honest. I, I was never that um, sold on WWE out of nowhere. You know, some 30, 40, 50 years of being a certain way, suddenly going, do you know what would be great is to open this wrestling world up. We're not going to be so insular like AW and New Japan, only two companies working together. We want to get bigger. We're thinking bigger. That's not how they do this. There is, at best, a bin bag-based apology for why Mickey James is in this match. That is about as much as I'm prepared to do. Um, if you remember at the time, I think it was Triple H and Stephanie McMahon both publicly apologised, and somebody bit the bullet. Somebody was made to be the patsy for that, for bin bag gate. I cannot remember who it was. Carino? Carano? Yes, yeah, I think it was. Mark Carano, wasn't it? Because several wrestlers, mostly women, really awkwardly came forward to say, yeah, I had a bin bag treatment as well. I just thought it was normal until Mickey James tweeted it. Multi-billion dollar company. Absolute disgrace. So a little bit of me thinks maybe that never went away. And somebody made a phone call, and this has generated a bit of buzz, as it did, you know, like, and they had Pat McAfee on commentary really sell it. This is not something they're doing, like, when they bring somebody back. Um, I often think of the Raw reunions, where they say, Terry Runnels is coming back, and Goldust's on the roster, and you say, awesome, we're going to get Goldust Marlene for the night. She comes out and waves. Like, they, this is different. They, have <laughs> like they said the other week on Raw, and they were like, Bobby Lashley came to WWE, then went to Bellator. And then he came back to WWE. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If the villain door was really open, they'd show some Bobby Lashley in TNA footage, wouldn't they? So as if you went to ROH, yeah. you literally went to Impact <laughs> yeah, Wrestling, yeah. with whom they are apparently in partnership yeah. now. Love Impact. Love Impact. When I have a hard day, I get home, I sit the network on, watch a bit of classic AJ Styles. You've got any of that turkey suit stuff? Love them. Great work. Like, it's just... Actually, maybe that'll be what it is. AJ Styles wears the turkey suit. He's come. He's gone back through the forbidden door and come back from Impact with his old gear. Or an actually half-decent haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks I, so cool in 2015. Why doesn't he do that anymore? Yeah, it's not great, is it? My answer's boring as a result. Um, I had uh, Heath Slater and or Rhino. Very, very WWE guys, but guys that WWE as a result are extremely comfortable with. Um, not somebody who is going to not know where to put himself backstage throughout the day. And somebody saying, oh, you know, some, like Mickey James maybe. Marsh, you should really go and introduce yourself to Vince. And then Vince just thinks, like, he's a cleaner or something like that because he's too little or he's too confused by his gear or something like that. Are you a wrestler? Oh, we'll see if we can get in the rumble. We've got Drew Carey in one year. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, a guy that is already, unfortunately, I know this is boring because people want a real novelty to this, somebody that is already familiar to the audiences makes so much more sense to me than somebody that would generate a bit of buzz, maybe get a bit of conversation, a bit of a thumbnail the next day. Not least because... They're not going to win. 
Mm. You know, Mickey, yeah. it's quite easy to book, especially because she's a champion. It's quite easy to book Mickey James in a number of cool scenarios in the Rumble without remotely thinking that she's got a chance of winning. In this case, they're going to potentially be dwarfed physically by some like the WWE main roster. Vince used to bury NXT guys in the Rumble, and they were under his umbrella. Think about what they might do to a guy that comes in that's like, you know, five foot eight or something like that, or somebody whose name recognition isn't out there, or somebody with a body that he doesn't like. Straight away, he's going to be, you know, he tears up a SmackDown script. Like, a lovingly crafted rumble is going to be destroyed just so Vince can, like, put a TNA guy under his wrestler's thumb. So he's saying that we could get, and I'll not do this properly, just for the headphone users and people out there, we could get other champions coming in, like the Iconics, for example. Uh, uh, look, the, I'm going to give you a boring answer. Knee one. Knee one is walking through that forbidden door. Um, there are two reasons. It's, it's so this. forbidden. It's actually forbidden. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> the AEW New Japan one isn't forbidden. People walk through it all the time. It's class. Like this one's for real, locked, double locked. There's a few reasons for this. Maybe two or three. Um, one, this company does not play nicely with others. Two, the others they could theoretically play nicely with are already playing nicely with others mm. since the wrestling world is open between Impact AEW and New Japan. New Japan and nowhere. Everyone else is kind of friends at the moment. WWE has no friends. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. They don't want friends. They don't want to be wrestling. There's no other sports entertainment companies out there with whom they could collaborate. Historical precedent says there's the odd rule-proving exception. World of Sports. Jushin Thunder Liger. New Japan in the 80s. It's all, it's all gone. It's all, <laughs> it's all completely dead. It's all dead, right? Secondly... Who is there? Like, there's not, there is a major company that they're competing with, but not that one that they want to collaborate with. There's no one from AEW walking through that door. No. It, one, they don't want to do it. Two, if they did do it, they'd have to have an AEW star, their competitor, because Tony Khan theoretically would like, if this was actually happening, theoretically, he would, well, he has to do like X number of eliminations. He's in there for this amount of time and he gets eliminated by someone that you actually like. You actually protect. You can't get eliminated by, you know... Madcap Moss. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're not going to book anyone, flatteringly, from AEW. Look what happened when they had Chris Jericho and Stone Cold's podcast, for example. Well, they got just, far too much attention. Well, for just the, not, yeah. It's simply not going to happen. So if you remove AEW from this conversation, and if you're not deranged, you must. <laughs> Who is there that, one, will get a pop, two, that be remotely interested in booking... Three, who, like, would not invite unfavorable comparisons to AEW and New Japan's relationship. We haven't had the big hitters yet. The pandemic has seen to that, so we've not had Okada fly in or Tanahashi fly in or Ibushi or Naito. We've had the dads. The dads have been great. The dads have been great on a cult level. Suzuki Danielson was great. Kojima Moxie was great. Nagata Moxie was great. But these are, like, cult favorite guys. But yet... Those matches all drew considerable interest, acclaim, enthusiasm. We haven't even seen the best of the Forbidden Door yet, and people already are mad into it because it's really cool. Does WWE respectfully want to get someone from an irrelevant promotion like Impact? I'm sorry, I know there's uh, there's some Impact fans out there, right, who are mad into it. I'm not denying that you think it's great, but very few people actually care about it. They are just inviting 
the Wish version of the Amazon Forbidden Door comparisons and memes <laughs> if, in fact, they get someone who vaguely fits their criteria of what a star would look like in Rolodex, W. Morrissey, because he's tall. Oh, uh, yeah. And has the connection. The music would pop, all that sort of thing. Yeah. The cast for the night, that kind of thing. It's just not happening. Like, all they're going to do is invite ridicule. And I'm not saying that there are not talented members of the oh, Impact yeah. Wrestling roster. Um, but they're just going to invite ridicule. And that's at the Royal Rumble. Uh, not happening. Not happening at all. Okay, the thing is, with it being Impact, and obviously because of Mickey James' involvement, we're kind of assuming Impact. But, you know, the wrestling world is open. And these are all... The Hard to Kill was an awesome show. Yeah, like, there's there's talent there that exists far more within the Impact bubble and are well suited to it than whatever they'd get out of five minutes in the Rumble. But this is still theoretically AEW completely discounted, open everywhere else. Like, Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett have both appeared for GCW in January. Like, those are guys who would actually impress Vince McMahon at Rumble. Either of them two. Like, they're about again. Nash was fit enough to do a long, about a three-minute two-sweet battle with Alex Shelley. <laughs> uh, Jeff Jarrett's been wrapping guitars around like it's a uh, 1999 all over again, people's heads. Wouldn't rule them out. Like, I'm not trying to denigrate Impact Wrestling, right? <laughs> Just to make that perfectly clear. If Chris Saban walks through that forbidden door and enters the Royal Rumble, I would love that. Mm. Is it happening? <laughs> no. I'm just going to hope for the inspiration in the oh, Women's Royal Rumble Christ. and Andy Murray's pick, which I really do like, although I don't know if it is going to happen or not. And that's Moose, because I love Moose. And uh, he's world champion, obviously, in Impact Wrestling. And you've got Mickey James there. I don't know whether or not it's going to happen, but it's going to be very interesting. And just glancing at their uh, roster, I don't know who Black Taurus is, but I want to see him in the Royal <laughs> Rumble. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of the Royal Rumble match on uh, Twitter at WhatCultureWWE and in the comments section. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, of course. And you can join myself and Phil Chambers on the 29th. Of January, I believe it is. It's Saturday. The Saturday like night uh, for our Royal Rumble stream. Uh, you can let us know your thoughts on Twitter. As I said, you can follow Michael Hamflet on Twitter at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.